Hello and welcome to the Inverted Castle, a podcast about Metroidvania games. I'm a man raised by faces. They're mostly faces. They got some snakes and whatnot, but you know. Uh, here, Thomas Blight here with my co-host Eric Fox. I'm a primordial god of death, and by the end of this podcast, your soul will be mine. And we're talking about Astalon, Tears of the Earth. Uh, which identifies itself as Astalon Episode 2? No Episode 1 exists. Yeah, I don't think there's an Episode 1. Not sure what's up with that. If it does, it's maybe a school project or an entire book's worth of lore background scrawled in the margins. This is the only game called Astalon, as far as I'm aware, by Labs Works. Released in 2021. Or... 21xx okay we're, we're not going in the in-universe timeline <laughs> if we want to put all of these games in a unified timeline <laughs> where they could theoretically take place we can do that but man no no yeah that's fair so i expected the plot to continue and i feel like it didn't after a certain point i don't know maybe i, I jumped down the plot well too early and it dried up real quick. Much like their desert town that our principal characters come from, the, the water a little bit dried up or got poisoned regardless. Yeah, it sounded like there was a world-ending war and then towers started coming out of the earth and then the water was also poisoned. Yeah, this is the opening scrawl of, in a couple of scant sentences even, that's what you get for this world backstory and it it feels like, oh yeah, there's a whole other game worth of storyline that happened, but I also get the feeling that only exists in the mind of its creator. Yeah, maybe that's episode one. It's going to be a prequel. Who knows? Oh man. What a, talk about a cult shot. There is some lore you can buy from, I am going to screw up his name so much, Epididymus? No, that's not right, is it? <laughs> Epimetheus. Epimetheus? Yeah, yeah. Epimetheus. He is the god of some sort of death god demon type thing with which one of the three characters you start out controlling, Algus, he's made a pact with this Epimetheus fellow to not die until he's completed his mission, which in this case is, yo, this tower is fucking up our water supply and uh, me and my two buds are gonna, gonna go solve that. Well, it's funny because he talks about later when when he formed the pact, and I he can't have formed the pact with this specifically in mind, but at some point he was just like, "Yep, you've done what you need to keep these people safe." Of cashing in on your pact after this, yeah, and like he's pretty open to you continually resurrecting you and your party in this tower in exchange for uh, blue dots. Yeah, he's got to get those blue dots. Uh, oops, all berries, uh, Captain Crunch cereal. Uh, he loves this stuff. <laughs> you know, I never had that as a kid. Oh, me neither. And I'm pretty sure it was mostly an American thing. So that's probably why the Canucks don't get that <laughs> kind of preferential treatment. Our factories worked fine and the Soggies never touched us. 
Yeah, so like there's a little bit more lore peppered around the tower, but I I expected it to I guess continue. Sorry, when I said Epithemius's name, I was talking about buying the what's it called insight, the knowledge of the villain, the Dark Knight's backstory, which is he was born a crippled child. His dad is a dick. Yeah, his dad is a dick. His name is either Bad or Apple or Bad Apple. Basically, yeah. I honestly forget his name entirely. As Malice. does Malice. Oh man. But it's... not the, the not the English I C E, it's the Latin US. Yeah. Um, ah yes. Which literally means Apple and Bad, I believe. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, and he didn't fall far from the tree by becoming the Black Knight. But yeah. The backstory that you buy there is very scant. Like literally what we told you is his dad is like kind of a dick and he has some sort of disease. He's not growing up too strong. And his dad basically wants to say, ah, this kid ain't going nowhere. Let's stop feeding him because I want the food. Uh, And then they give him to cultists and the cultists give him to the Gorgon Tower. And the Gorgon Tower is just like, well, take this cool armor. If you don't do our bidding well enough, we'll eat you. Yeah, which I was a little confused by that because then I was like, wait, didn't the title scroll kind of imply that the towers are a new phenomenon? Is this from the last time the towers were around? Or did I just misunderstand? Or did this just happen last week? Some other village also just worships this tower or something. It's not clear. There's just very little to glean and get. Again, there's some lore but it's fairly inaccessible. <laughs> yeah. I need Vatividya to figure all this lore out for me. No, I just need to get a hold of lead developer at Labsworks. I get his high school binder. I think I'll get the full gist of it. The plot comes back a little bit at the end where Empathemius comes to collect on the debt. If you did the 100%, shenanigans ensue and... Algus gets out of it. Yeah, basically. It seems like future Algus, I'm assuming. It's never explicitly clear, but pretty sure future Algus comes by and gives you like, here's a homunculus. It's part of your soul. Wink. Epimetheus wants part of your soul. Wink. Basically, it bodyguard dives in front of the blood debt Epimetheus is claiming, and Algus gets out, and Epimetheus is just like, hmm, clever boy. Then you and your crew kind of just head back to your village with the water restored. That's the plot. Yep. There is also a very brief, very inscrutable plot thing if you beat all of the extra modes, which I did. I did not. So you're going to have to take the wheel on this one. What's the little bonus you get? Uh, it's a person with some kind of magic spear. Who shows up to Epimetheus? Epimetheus. Oh, I've been swapping them. Epimetheus. Epimetheus. I have been swapping them. Epimetheus. All right, I keep screwing this up. Epimetheus, not Epithemius. Um, I need to think of it like Prometheus because Epimetheus is the end or like hindsight, like Prometheus is foresight, apparently. This is what Google tells me. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Epimetheus. Which maybe makes this explicitly Greekish. I don't know. 
I think it's the Final Fantasy style of, eh, we'll just take whatever we need. But I think it's mostly Greek, what with all the Gorgons. All right. The super secret epilogue that you get from clearing all of the things, it's pretty hard to tell what's going on. A guy in purple, I think it was, shows up to Epimetheus with some kind of magic spear and tries to tell Epimetheus that he's going to serve him now. And Epimetheus is like, what? No, I don't serve people. I'm the Titan of Death. People serve me. And then he waves around the spear and Epimetheus is just like, oh, okay, I see. Whatever this spear is, it's a big deal, I guess. Um, and that's, that's it. That's the scene. Oh, wow. For beating like three extra modes after the main game? Yes. Beating the Dark Knight mode, which is, it is pretty much the same. You're just the Dark Knight. He doesn't get any power-ups other than health and power. It's the equivalent of Julius mode or Richter mode of the Castlevanias. It, yeah. It's, it's a more straightforward, action-focused version of the main game. Yeah, but he's got a high jump, and he has a cast from hit points, the long-range ball attacks that he uses when you're fighting him. Oh, cast from hit points. Yeah, it, it's a pretty small amount. It's two health to do it. Oh, he also replenishes health from the blood pools, which is why there's that one random tablet that tells you about that. Oh, that makes sense why there's always that little occasionally in the rest areas, there's just like a little blood fountain off to the side. Yeah. The other one is when you get the full bestiary, you get monster mode, which is to me a reference to what is the name of the series? Gargoyle Quest or something? There's a Super Nintendo game that I played starring a, a gargoyle that it's very reminiscent of to me. Okay, is that a Metroidvania? Oh, it's level-based. Uh, but it is... Then I don't care about Gargoyle Quest. Next topic. You are one of the purple gargoyle enemies. You can shoot fireballs and you can rapidly tap jump to fly. Plays out very similarly to the Dark Knight stuff except the gargoyle only gets health from killing enemies and having them drop meat which is a random drop and it's fairly rare oh no yeah but both of these don't have access to epimetheus or <laughs> any it. like soul spending level up at all when you beat bosses do you get any sort of Nope. Oh, wow. You get purely the hearts and the blue hearts that are available in the area. They can get oh, okay. to pretty much almost any area in the game. There might be like one or two places they can't go. Sure, but like generally. For instance, the fireballs break down the walls that you have to slice. We should have probably talked about the main game first, I realize. Right. Eric, fix it in post. Let's talk about what the actual game is instead of talking around it with all of these like yeah, the story doesn't really matter. Extra game modes, who could possibly have context for this? Well, I'll tell you who. You, now. Yeah, so at the very start of the game, you have three heroes, and you can only switch between them at camp. They each have different abilities. You've got Elgus, who can shoot through walls, but his projectiles are fairly short-ranged. They're about half screen. Yeah, he hits certain switches. He's the only one who can hit these little glass orb switches. So anytime you see one of those, you got to get your boy, Algus. There's Arius. Yes, the blue knight guy. 
what does he do initially different from the others? So he attacks the fastest. He's melee range, but he can open these like blue gates by just cutting through them, basically. Right. Cutting the blue gates, which I had just talked about and yet already forgot. <laughs> and then Keely, who is an archer, she can attack the full screen in a straight line. She can also do a single hop against a wall. One single wall kick. Not necessarily a jump. You can scale the same wall, but you only get the one. So it's just a slight height advantage, but occasionally you'll get up to a chest high wall and it's the only way through. And then they have upgrades from there. I liked this initial setup. I felt they got the initial design really right in a way that made me be like, oh, I just want to explore one more room. Got to explore one more room. Find out what's next. What's past this. Find out who I need to take back here to get the items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you can only initially swap at the rest areas. It's kind of like, do you keep pressing forward and just kind of assume, okay, the next rest area, I'll get what I need and go back? Or do you think, okay, I'll go back now just in case I get stymied? It is slightly annoying to start exploring a new area and then immediately run into, oh, wrong character. Yeah. Back up. But it wasn't too bad because getting around the, the zones it is fairly you know streamlined that didn't happen to me too much and it might be because i liked keely most at first and so it's just like whatever i'm just gonna be this person until i can't and usually a lot of the things that stopped you was she has to jump over something sometimes it's oh you need to switch to elgus to shoot a switch usually the rooms that arius could cut into uh aren't super necessary or immediately obvious I will say, yeah, it's similar thoughts. I think I actually liked Algus at the very, very, very beginning more. I think his attack speed was just a bit faster and I was running yeah. into the switches. But that changes like like the first, like one of the very early upgrades you get are dash boots for areas. Yeah. The one I didn't like initially, but he's the only one who gets the ability to go fast. And then from basically that point on, I kind of resented having to be anyone else. That's fair. Dumb thing about that dash. It's on circle. The other things on circle are the upgraded attacks that you get from Epimetheus for Algus and Keeley. Keeley's costs souls and Algus's costs health. Hey, guess who never, ever got those upgrades? <laughs> it's this guy. That is a good idea because I got them and then kept accidentally using them when I wanted to dash. Just, oh, right. I can't dash with this dang archer lady. Yeah. Arius also very quickly gets the ability to just reflect projectiles and he gets like better boss damage. The problem with getting further into this game is that using anyone other than Arius is essentially either a specific, oh, I need this character and no one else. Or it's an affectation <laughs> just because you want to stop using the melee guy for a minute. The other two are, are good. Certainly if you're bad at avoiding enemy, like if you run into enemies a lot, then playing one of the two ranged characters is probably a better way to handle it. Yeah, I can see that. But also once you get Aries's attack speed all the way upgraded, it's essentially that scene from The Simpsons where Bart just swings his arm and if you run into it, it's your own fault. It's true. That's what combat essentially becomes. Not all enemies, but at least a bunch of the initial ones will just kind of get stunlocked by that or just die before they can get a chance to do anything. 
and anyone with a projectile will just kill themselves. Which is fun times. It was a lot of fun playing against him and with the reflect sword and reflecting things. Yeah, and this game's not long enough that it ever really got so tiresome and you do have to swap between your crew enough that I just kind of only ever wanted to be Arius, even though he's, <laughs> kind, he's kind of a dink. Yeah, like, as, as, a, character. as a character, I was like, is there a point where you're going to not be a dink? That's, I guess, one of the things that I felt was missing here is that it would have been nice to have some character development. I kept expecting the point where Waka realizes that he's a racist. Yeah, no. Uh, this is a weird metaphor for anybody <laughs> who doesn't know Final Fantasy X very well. Basically, there's a character who's a little bit racist the entire time, and he's like, oh, wait, maybe I've been brainwashed by the church into being a racist, and kind of is more cool. Yeah, like we all hope to level up at cyber racism. If only it worked like that. But no, in, in Astalon here, your characters are who they are for the entire game, basically. When you get to rest areas, rarely there will be a scene where they quip at each other. And also, Algus vaguely alludes to his dark pact with Mega Satan, but that really only comes out at the very, very end. Outside of that, it's kind of just anime banter. It's like the skits from Tales, except there's like eight of them total. Yeah, it was weird too. I feel like given that you only get those rests seemingly after a boss fight, that they probably could have filled it out so that you never repeated any of the food dialogue. Yeah, right? Because when you get these scenes, you also get food, which gives you some health, but only when those scenes are triggered. So most of the time, rest areas are just, you can save here, uh, which I feel like the rest areas should have been some sort of heal zone, but o only when it's your special time. Yeah, only when you're the Dark Knight, you get to soak up blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was very strange that even under those limited circumstances, Algus prepares the same meal more than once. Yeah. And it's, it was kind of weird. Gotta talk about that slime. Gotta talk about that slime. And it just felt like, oh, was this... Or your food hole. Or cook hole. It was the cook hole that he produced yeah. a particular meal from. It, I appreciated them, but like they're a little silly and kind of broke up the like pure gameplay of the rest of the game between that and finding your secret extra party members yes oh uh, yeah the two extra party members are bram and zeke bram is basically a belmont yes he like his name is bram bram stoker dracula castlevania he has a whip and throws axes in the axe arc you know it if you played a castlevania game. <laughs> it's a very specific arc Yes, although it throws further if you're currently moving, which was always a little weird to me. Yeah, I didn't notice that too much because he's probably the second to last upgrade I found. Oh, I got him pretty early. I went down as soon as I was able to. No, I found the other guy first with his shenanigans. And then I also found Bram's upgrade to actually break blocks far before I actually went down because... I also didn't get the ability to kill ghosts until just before then. Oh, wow. Okay. We had a very different experiences. Oh, <laughs> oh 
Yeah, I'm going to let you explain the other uh, character, but then I got to tell you about the soft lock I experienced. Oh, fun times. Zeke is a merchant that you find just randomly in the place. He gives you an idol that lets you enter a Cyclops place. Once you kill all of the Cyclopses, including the Cyclops Prince, you can recruit Zeke. His main thing is that he can pick up orange blocks and throw them. He has a useful attack in that it's indirect. It's a short arc in front of him where he throws junk. Yeah, so you can attack things below you safely. And he comes pretty stacked in front in terms of the stat upgrades. But I mostly only ever used him the couple of times you desperately need to move a block to one place to get a little bit of height for Culey to then go and traverse the rest of the area. Yeah, I tried using him during the boss rush because I thought he might be better. And no, it's, I don't know. I felt like he should have been convenient and just wasn't for some reason. Yeah, and because I got Bram so late, he was already immensely outclassed. His axe throw was somewhat useful, just, you know, being able to hit above you through uh, floors. But that was about it. Uh, Yeah, Bram's axe throw was very useful in that you can hit above you or you can hit below you both through the, the walls and floors and stuff yeah 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 that's pretty much all the usefulness i found him pretty early and so got him the power-ups going back through things when you're gonna have a lot longer lives his raise attack power based on number of foes killed was pretty nice to just be able to d- delete some enemies oh. once he's at full and it counts the entire party it's not just him nice okay yeah spoiler alert eventually you get the ability to just hot swap between characters at, at will the the whole rest area stops mattering at about the point at which you just don't care yeah i feel like i was a little disappointed at that point i don't know that point is kind of the point where i feel like i expected the game to develop more but it turned out that it was pretty much almost done yeah it's theoretically the second to last area but there aren't that many areas regardless and depending on like you know which routes you go because the main path in this in this game is actually kind of obfuscated pretty well to the point where i definitely definitely sequence broke quite a bit by not getting Bram as early as someone would, some would say I should have. Uh, I definitely came into certain puzzle rooms the back way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so talk about how you did this or what your soft lock was. So to understand, first, there are three rooms where if you enter them as Algus, you talk to future Algus, and you, if you get to all of them, you unlock the true ending yeah. or whatever. There's these little cutscenes where he very cryptically talks to Algus and gives him a weird monster ball. Oh, you also need a 100% completion. It's not enough to just do those. But yes. Yeah, I I had 99% completion when I finished it the first time. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Because I had missed a single room. That is unfortunate, but I thankfully dodged that one. What I didn't dodge are when you get another item, it's a cursed ring that kind of blows whenever there's a secret exit outside of a room a ghost starts attacking you just at this point i couldn't oh and you didn't have the the thing the bible or whatever that allows you to kill ghosts yeah i didn't 
in my mind, I'd seen this room where you're supposed to talk to the old man. It's the second time I'd seen it. I hadn't yet grokked what the the symbol meant. And I also had the ability to just hot swap people. So I entered that room not as Algus and saw like, huh, weird. Nothing's happening. I leave the room, come back as each different character, but I wasn't entering far enough in to trigger the scene. Uh So I'm just like, oh, mental note. Come back to this later. Then I run into this ghost lady and she's attacking me. And then I think, huh. I wonder if the way to dispel this creature is to go to that weird empty room. Surely it means something. <laughs> so I backtrack the entire length of the way to get there. Pop a save. No worries. On the way there. And then because the way I'd originally gotten to this room is using Ares's dash jump to just get far enough. What we were supposed to do is use Algus's float. So I just went in as Algus this time because, oh, yeah, this one's this seems easier than what I did last time. Sure. Trigger the scene. Ghost is still active. Old man starts talking to me. Ghost attacks me and I die mid cutscene. And so when it goes to the other cutscene with Epimetheus saying, oh, you suck, dude. Upgrade. My, like, I couldn't get through the dialogue. My, my buttons weren't working. Oh, oh boy. And I kept mashing for a minute and nothing was changing. And so that's a fun little bit of thing. So many things had to go wrong <laughs> to get to that point as I realized. The myriad mistakes I had made, like, oh, that's what this room is for. Gotcha. So when I reloaded the save, the ghost was gone. I had the ring. And so I was just like, okay. I'd never completed my best Jerry because I never killed her. So I never got the little Chivo thing. Oh, no. But I did get the old man right that time. And then I just never I went see. back. It was a fun little thing for me to be like, oh, I, I dummy this. <laughs> I probably need the ability to kill ghosts for her in that case. And then I also never remembered the room that it, the game pretty much tells you that it's, oh yeah, remember the room with the crosses? I did not. So it was much later when I was kind of filling out the entire, all the zones I hadn't been to yet. Cause I'm like, where the hell is the fifth character <laughs> called <laughs> Bram? At this point I know his name because I got his <laughs> upgrade and tells me, oh yeah, this is for Bram. <laughs> Who the fuck is Bram? I thought there were four characters we got. And no, there's a secret fifth one. And so finally got the ability to kill ghosts, which allows me to kill all the things in the one room in the basement, which allows me to get to Bram finally. I still managed to beat the game in like 12 hours. So it wasn't that big a deal, but still. Yeah. So I, I had a very different experience. Bram's upgrade to destroy the blocks, I think was one of the last things I got. That and having Zeke make his own blocks were, I think, the last two things that enable you to progress places that I got. Yeah, Zeke gets that ability, and then there's just a couple of places where you actually like, need need it. The ability to hot swap characters, I was already spoiled for by the time I got the bell because I'd seen a bunch of places where it's just like, okay, this clearly needs two people's expressly unique abilities to get past. Maybe it could have been something different. Maybe it could have been you needed to go around. I don't know. I've played video games. I know when they're like, okay, here's a mechanic that's slightly annoying at first and eventually just get our way around it. And also the Y button is suspiciously unused by everybody so far. <laughs> that's fair. Except in the restroom, so. <laughs> the restroom, sorry. It's... <laughs> Oh, man, that gives a new meaning to those blood pools. Ugh. Yeah. 
Yeah, somebody needs to go see a doctor. They all need to see a doctor. They're, they're, they've been drinking poison gorgon water for like years. <laughs> That's fair. If you know what you're doing, you can get through this game very quickly without seeing many of the rooms, which was pretty fun on the replays where the only thing you really need to remember to get is the void charm. Fun fact. I And, and the ascendant key, I would argue. No, you do not. I Yeah. No, I, I, no, that's what I'm saying. You don't need need, but... Yes. So Eric's referring to me randomly messaging him. So I forgot to pick up the elevator key in Richter mode. Yeah, this is a thing that I did. I forgot that there was an elevator key. And by the time I had started the second playthrough, and just never picked it up. And I was like, oh, I guess the Black Knight, the Dark Knight. I don't remember what the actual proper one is but just can't use elevators for some reason. Weird. And just continued on my way. I didn't really have much reason to backtrack with him, so I just didn't do the bottom half of the game with him. That's fair, but also, like, you know. Which, I guess I probably left off some strengths and health, but... Th- it- that basically, yeah, you there are some permanent upgrades you could have gotten if you wanted to, but, you know, you're good at video games. You don't need it. Challenge run. Yeah. I did need it for the gargoyle. The gargoyle, I just needed a lot of health, I found, because also... Did you have to farm? A little bit, yeah. It was a bit Uh, of a pain. If you pick up the void charm, you can do so much sequence breaking and basically skip the entire ghost area, which I should really remember the names of the areas. What does the void charm do? It's the thing that lets you enter the warps. Oh, that okay. you pick it up at the, in front of the first warp. Okay, there. Yeah, in this game, there's the main fast travel is the elevator, but occasionally you'll run into portals that link between two areas, and a lot of the time, that's the only way to get through there, or it's the most convenient. Yeah, it lets you skip if you know where the secret walls are already or find them. Yeah, they're usually behind an obscured wall. You walk through it as though it's nothing. And then, hey, cool, free secret. But if you know where those are, you can do things like from a camp, you can get to the warp in the mechanism, to the top of the mechanism, then cross from there briefly into the purple ghost area. And then I think there's a bunch of ways in the purple ghost area that you could have gotten stuck. And so they have to give you reset warps. You can use those reset warps to get forward in the purple ghost area and skip most of it and go straight to its boss. And because effectively you have all of your progression abilities, essentially, with with these modes, because from the get-go you have everything you would need to get past any sort of obstruction of sequence. Usually these warps would be like, you'd get stymied or you're supposed to take a different path down first to get an upgrade. But this one, you just full steam ahead. Yeah, I think I didn't try it replaying the main game. I think all you need is the Griffin boots or Griffin claw in order to do this skip as well, which you can go down and do. Although you need Zeke to get the Griffin claw, I think. So... Maybe that's not very much of a skip. Trying to think, because I didn't actually, for once, didn't check out the speed run, but I did see the time, and you can apparently beat this game in about 45 minutes. That seems reasonable. I think I had like a two-hour total time run on the Black Knight. Okay, and 
I assume there's some like glitches that they're doing, but I did not yeah. look into it in depth. That let me get very far without needing to go back using the elevator. So I just didn't. Fair enough. Getting the elevator key is kind of out of the way. If I recall, it's in one of the, like the side outside the tower rooms. Yeah, it's in a side room. You need a blue key to get to it. In particular, if you're skipping rooms, you probably don't have a ton of blue keys. I found it was yeah. pretty easy to evade getting the white key or actually opening the white key doors when you have better movement abilities. Yeah. So like whether that's, oh, I have Julie's Grishin boots, I can just kick up this wall or the Black Knight has yep. a high jump, I can just jump over. Or, you know, I fly because I'm the gargoyle. Yeah. Technically, you don't need to open every door for 100% completion, thankfully. <laughs> the map will tell you where they are just in case. But yeah, all the colored keys that correspond to various doors, you can have more than you need, essentially. Yeah, I think I finished the game with like seven extra blue keys. Oh, yeah. I think there's just more than that they, you need in the game. But very much. Some of them are hidden behind obscure puzzle rooms of, oh, yes, sit in this one area or get to this one nondescript open spot and it'll just pop out of a, a background element. Yeah. And then there's the four red keys, which I was very disappointed by one of the red key places. I don't know. I guess it's, it's sort of an Easter egg thing. Um, it's the one down in the basement. Uh huh. There's a red key door that you open seemingly to nothing other than a face wearing a blindfold if you have okay. zeke either you have to carry a box with you or spawn a box if you have the ability you can jump on top of that box and find a hidden ladder that brings you into a mechanical area that kind of implies it's like a developer area like there's like the labs logo and stuff back there Okay, the, it's an Easter egg room. Yeah. It's explicitly an Easter egg room. Okay, I didn't, I didn't find this. I just, I found the blindfold thing and then just forgot about it because oh, my map is complete. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it doesn't count for map completion either. It's not even on the map once you you've explored it. All it oh, gives you is souls. I don't know. I, I was like, ah, that, that's neat, I okay. guess, but kind of an overwhelming payoff for neat. a thing that I found after 100% completion when I was like, wait. What was that room supposed to do? I assume you mean underwhelming? Yeah. Sorry, did I say overwhelming? That's weird. Yeah, just like, oh, like as though you're overcome with emotion for blue orbs. This experience that I need having already beaten the game. The hardest challenge. Yeah, cool. As opposed to the other ones, which is like, gets you Zeke, gets you the, the block breaking, I think. I can't remember what the third one was. But I forget, but yeah, usually they're whole areas, whole distinct, uniquely designed zones that the red keys serve unlock. There's a whole unlocking animation that makes it really feel like, oh, this is momentous. And then to just have a, uh, a, a blind statue say nothing, uh, or, uh, figure out its puzzle. Yeah. To be fair, I reached the blind statue was like, I don't know what to do here and left. And then later came back and was like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 
for some reason, a bunch of this game just did not stick out enough in my mind. Like the cross room that leads to the the kill ghost ability or this blind thing that I'm just like, huh, weird. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. There's some rooms that seem like they should have a purpose and they just don't. There's a there's a room with a giant frog statue that I was like, oh, I guess I'll <laughs> do something with it on the backtrack. No. Or there's a random room with the golden face yeah. where there's a, uh, a like a it warps in a golden knight and you can fight it and it gives you a bunch of, of souls. But what I think that is explicitly just, oh, here's the best spot to grind if you need to grind. Yeah, because it, it does respawn every time you enter the room, it'll respawn that gold knight. That's true. I mean, that's how all enemies work. But yeah. Yes, but it's it, it's a unique enemy that like you might think would be a uh, a unique like. Yeah, one and done, especially with how many souls it drops. That that was one of the annoying ones for grinding at the bestiary. I was like, oh, wait, I didn't fight him oh. three or five times, however many it needed to be. I guess I have to go get him. Yeah, completing the bestiary in this game, you don't need to just fight everything for certain respawning enemies. You have to fight them enough times. Yeah, and most of them were fine. There were a couple ones that it was just like, oh, well, you expected me to kill a lot more of the these enemies than exist in the world. Yeah, a lot of them I got naturally, but I missed some too. I'm not sure if they're they're just yeah, for Oh yeah, in particular the giant worm things in the fire area. You basically have no reason to kill them necessarily. Right. They seem like they're part of the environmental challenges. Yeah, and you never bought the two things that can kill them, come to think of it. Correct. Uh, oh, it was, it was, you need to use the ability? Yeah, you have to use either Keeley or Algus's circle abilities. Yeah, yeah, I just, I never got to that. Also, I'm pretty sure there were a bunch of ghost enemies I never went back and killed <laughs> after getting the ability to kill them, because that area was fully explored as far as my map was concerned. That was a very easy area for me because I had already gotten that before I even left the first area. Yeah, that, that area took, it was probably the longest <laughs> any single area took me, not least of which because I had to reset it at some point <laughs> due to, you know, soft locking. Well, I didn't lose like much progress, but it was still just a funny thing. But no, I was face tanking, struggling to get to the next elevator before I died again. We should probably actually talk about what happens when you die, because that's where you can upgrade unless you find like a scant few Epimetheus yeah. statues. Usually it's however many blue orbs you've collected so far, you die, you get a chance to like pick from a list of either upgrading character specific like stats and unlocking abilities, or more generally like health up, a temporary like attack boost. You can do like the devil's bargain type thing of you get more orbs, but enemies do more damage. I got like 10 of those because I'm greedy and always upgrade economy. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I think I bought inner fire once and then I was like, okay, I'm going to stay away from anything that I think is a temporary buff. And so just didn't touch mm -hmm. the whole ton of them and then found out later that some of them were not temporary buffs. Oh, they yeah. were like increase the invincibility period. And also all of these are inscrutable. Yeah. That was a little bit annoying. Yeah, they don't actually tell you what they do until maybe after you buy them, but not always. Yeah, in particular, there was one that was really dumb. I thought buying Mercy 
was going to be an alternate end where Algus buys his way out of his contract. <laughs> and so I didn't touch it until after I had beaten the game. Oh, no. Yeah, no. What Mercy does is you get to survive <laughs> death once. It's expensive enough that it feels like it's commensurate with the upgrades to find out the Black Knight's backstory. But no, it's it's just a general, you can survive a death once. Arius has one of those, not innately, but you can buy it as one of his upgrades. So you can theoretically have two of those. But my friend here, maximum one, <laughs> apparently, because he got scared of inner fire. Actually, I think the only temporary ones are inner fire and the one that restores your health candles. It doesn't the one that makes enemies deal more damage. Isn't that one temporary as well? I thought it was. Oh, okay. I didn't mess with it, so. You know what? I'm not sure because it wasn't clear. Because it's not like I was really like counting how many orbs the things are. It would make sense that they're temporary because, again, I bought them, bought it every time and it keeps scaling up. In my mind, I'm like, oh, man, I just keep cranking up the difficulty and it felt right. But I could just have been stopped paying attention because I was also upgrading like defense at the same time. So I'm not sure about that one. Uh, I bought knowledge pretty early on, and I feel like the descriptions of things were not that less cryptic. I don't know. Maybe they would have been even more cryptic if I hadn't bought knowledge. Yeah, it's hard to compare against something you never actually saw. Like when you pick up knowledge, like almost instantly, that's just the new normal. So I, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I need to go through and see what, what the, the descriptions are when you don't have it. Yeah, thankfully, one of the abilities is also just, hey, reveal the map for me because I'm done with the game. It costs a billion souls, but it does make the like, OK, I'm I, can I can I be done? Thank you. A lot easier. Uh, having an in-game version of revealing the map and where all the items are. Ooh, chef's kiss. Molto bene. Yeah, that was nice. I unlocked it after I had done a big backtrack and i was like okay i know i'm missing something what am i missing yeah yeah having it be optional like trigger pull the trigger whenever you want is really the good part and then even then i forgot to enter one of the rooms had to do it again whoops <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that seems like a skill issue user error yeah it was definitely a big <laughs> issue it was right next to a, an actual gap and i just hadn't noticed that there were gray walls beside the actual gap. right 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 but, but yeah that was silly we haven't talked much about the bosses in this. The bosses oh, feel very bullet hell to me, in a way. A little bit. You you would know best, because you also did the boss rush, another optional part. That's fair. Not a fan of that boss rush. I haven't done very many games as bo boss rushes, to be fair. But uh, I did not love this, and I feel like I got very lucky at the time that I completed it. Yeah, you don't get any upgrades, right? You do but it's weird they start you off no upgrades no souls against the first boss which is already not the normal way you fight him yeah it's i don't know it's the least fun i think i've ever had fighting a boss in this game so you muddle through that and then you get access to epimetheus okay with the souls from him and any souls that you can get from the soul blocks that are scattered around there'll right. be some there are some before him there's some after him there's a mask in the the epithemius room there's also it will give you 
a choice of three upgrade items to get oh. for the run uh, every time you beat a boss. But they're pretty random and not really guaranteed to be the good ones. So you don't get, you just don't automatically get reflect projectiles. Yeah, that is one of the options. I never was successful on a run where I took it, unfortunately. Interesting. It probably could have worked. I was just not great at dodging the second boss when he goes to worm form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the work. It's kind of weird, especially if you don't have the dash to position yourself quickly. But yeah, the bosses uh, are inconsistent, I would say. But yeah. Oh, sorry. The masks is something that I wanted to talk about because I thought about it. I did not understand what the masks were doing for the longest time. It hurts you to hit them. And then when you break it, you get a two. A two up in your items. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Apparently that's soul doubling. Oh, man. I wish I knew what that. And if you go and break another one, you will get times four. And if you go and break the third one, you will get times eight. But are they one and done? Like if you get it, die and lose it, do they respawn or? They respawn every time. Okay. So if you wanted to sacrifice a bunch of health, you could have been running around getting eight times souls. <sighs> That's how, so yeah, one of the Chivos is grind everyone's abilities to max. That I guess that'd be the way to do it. Bother that nonsense. Yeah, I did not do that one. It's the one. The ones that I did not do are the get everything uh, bought from Epimetheus. Yeah, you don't really need them to kill these bosses, honestly. You really just need to upgrade your one favorite person to play as, which is Arius. I'll answer for you. Except for <laughs> occasionally where you need to hot swap to someone to do projectiles, but usually, like, especially versus the Black Knight who doesn't have many attacks and the one attack that he spawns a projectile hey reflecting that is mondo yes so in the boss rush at least the easy way to do it is algus algus has a pretty good attack rate he's got some range so he's the first boss is pretty doable and then he also has some convenient upgrades one of them is the monster ball increases your damage if you get it Right, because it's it's another projectile you're spawning every so often. And then the other one is the Banish spell, which, if you recall, I don't know if you do, the third and fourth bosses both spawn ghosts. Okay. So if you don't have the Banish spell and you're doing that boss rush, then you have to just spend the rest of that fight dodging the ghosts as you put damage onto the boss, which is not fun. Yeah, I believe I did that. If I <laughs> if this is around when those bosses would have spawned in, because I'm not sure if like the order is set for like the main game. Uh, if you can do bosses out of order, but I probably didn't have the ability to kill ghosts, but I definitely had the ability to Rochambeau my way through a lot of them. You can skip the basement boss and complete the main game. I think uh, maybe not in in the actual game, but okay. Uh. Basement boss, I probably had it at that point because you you needed to get to the basement. Really, they thought about that. Wow, that's game design. But yeah, so Algus seemed like the only viable option. If you do get his cover cape, it's not very essential for the boss rush, but it is very helpful for the last boss 
because Elgus's attacks are a little uh, short to be able to hit them from the far platform. So you either have to do like these jump loops right. or you jump toward it, hover down. And you get a bunch then, more attacks in per jump. Yeah. Yeah. Although uh, Arius is very, it would be very convenient for that last boss with the reflect sword. Um, yeah. Can confirm. You're fairly invulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, I think with upgrades, if you have enough of them, uh, Arius is just too safe to not use. But like occasionally, I think I swapped to Julie just as my secondary person I pumped upgrades in just because, oh, range is occasionally necessary. But outside of that, it was like I spent so much of this game just dashing around, especially the late game item collection. But even before then, not being able to dash just felt so not good. Yeah, for the boss rush, it's like you have to pump one. You have to decide on one person and pump them. You need and it's you, you can't split it. You're not just going to you're just going to not have the raw stats. Yeah, and if you're really lucky, you get the soul doubling item after the first boss and then you yeah, now you're getting quadruple souls and you can basically have a fully grinded Algus for the okay, last boss. Okay, so this really does seem pretty RNG heavy. Yeah, that's my complaint about it. It's very RNG heavy. It would be nice if you had the ability to pivot based on the items you get later on. But that's really hard to do because so much of your power comes from leveling one character. Yeah, you can't respec. Oh, the other obnoxious thing is that there is no right, animation. So every time you, you have to suffer through the entire boss you know, cutscene, essentially, of it spawning in. Yes, and after you kill it, when you have to wait for the stone to fall in order to pick it up, and yeah, it it got a little old. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a shame. I mean, whatever. That was like the end of of the playthrough. Through the rest of it, I I had a lot of fun with it. Otherwise, um, it's just like that part. It would have been nice if there was okay, more yeah, polish. Like it, yeah, I mean, you were inspired enough to do all of the extra modes. So that's certainly saying something that's reminds me of the other game that came out this year unsighted for me. <laughs> I kept playing past the end as well, quite, quite a bit, uh, which also had a similar boss rush. Although that one, it's a bit better designed, but still pretty RNG heavy for which upgrades you get access to. So it seems like a pretty, you know, common problem for boss rush design of if it's, if it has any RPG mechanics, how do you reflect that yeah <laughs> you still did it so you're still god's gift to gamers uh, you did something i even i couldn't do and i am awesome i'm like really cool i mean couldn't or didn't uh, try honestly what's the difference like if i if i didn't do it i may as well yeah. could couldn't have is there anything else we need to get to this came out in 2021 i feel like we've already had a bunch of games that came out in 2021 so i'm not gonna bother <laughs> listing Games that came out in the same year. We've already reviewed Unsighted and yep. Metroid Dread for 2021. Obviously, pretty good year for <laughs> Metroidvanias. I feel like going forward, there's going to be a lot of Metroidvanias coming yeah. out. And there's will maybe be some bad ones. I haven't played any like real clunkers that have come out in, in recent years, but it wouldn't surprise me if there are some that don't really yeah, get picked up. One of the things where if they're really bad, you don't really hear about them as much. Some really good ones that died in obscurity too, but 
Yeah. Like usually a, a bad game is a boring game, in my opinion. And so th those are the ones that you just kind of never hear about. But regardless, yeah, this it's, it's a very neat game. One that's not as similar to Legacy of the Wizard as I was expecting. Like the like the differences between the characters just uh, did not feel as pronounced and uh, weren't as like strictly delineated with like so many items that only work for one character uh, and the ability to hot swap midway through uh, kind of like it, it polished off the edges of Legacy of the Wizard, but at the same time that kind of made it a bit less interesting uh, that Legacy of the Wizard was trying to and honestly wasn't fully successful trying to nail yeah especially being able to hot swap them in against bosses like it's kind of convenient in that okay yeah i can use whoever i, I jive with yep. most but it's also would be kind of interesting to get locked into one person for a boss it, it's know. one of those things where i don't know how to do that in a way that's fun so just doing the easy one that's like less like that has a bit less friction uh, makes sense. It's like, I'd like to see it done well, but it, there's no question that this is just a much better game to play. Yeah. Like ideally, I guess it would be, um, like even if they're making you play someone that you're going to hate, which like, it's probably going to be the, the melee person. If you're going to hate one, right. It's either the melee person or the person with the slowest attack. Right. Yeah. In this one, they made the melee person the person with the highest, uh, the quickest attack and just gave them all the good abilities. So, yeah. Right. Like, it would be, if it was done really well, mm -hmm. doing that, like forcing you to play them would maybe make you like the, that character more. But especially with individual character RPG elements like this, it would have been a pretty bad idea to do that. Where, like, okay. There's this one person that I've been ignoring because I hate them. Oh shit, now I have to use them. Uh, speaking of Final Fantasy X, that's something they do with Kimari, the yeah. swim team, Yuna at various different points. Apparently it's the Final Fantasy X comparison day. It, like I didn't expect it, but I guess this is the spiritual successor to Final Fantasy X. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that game if you if you really want to you can in every battle hot hot swap hey another uh <laughs> ability that transfers <laughs> every character through to just level them all equally there's no like split xp you just, it's you can give it to everyone yep and that is the optimal way to forever. play ask me how i know i also dodged 200 lightning bolts not to brag but i'm bragging that <laughs> I, actually really not to brag because anyone who does that clearly has problems that's not that, that's a secret shame that i should have kept to myself that's fair all right so i think that we've talked about as much as we can talk about this yeah, no it's it's a good solid well-designed platformer that is actually pretty easy to not just critical path your way through yeah. Where do you think you're going to put it on your stack rank? So immediately it's going above Legacy of the Wizard. I think I think I'm going to put it above Guacamelee, but below okay. Environmental Station Alpha, which is a game okay. that I think what I was more charmed by its particular design philosophy. And they're both going for retro aesthetics, but this one is slightly more uh, high in the pixel den density. Um, but I liked all of the like weird 
like meta textual things that uh, ESA did. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that reminds me of a dumb complaint about the graphics. Most of the, the stuff I liked, I like the look of it. I feel like Algus kind of looks like he's naked. Kind of, or the very least, sporting a leotard. He also doesn't look as old as they, the characters claim he is. Uh, oh yeah, anime old man. Yeah, uh, Kuli looks like she's like eighty uh, percent head with some like arms and legs <laughs> sticking out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find it found it like kind of like silly and charming. I kind of like it, but it is silly in a way that's uh, I don't know. Some people might not appreciate appreciate. Yeah, I don't know. I just kept imagining Algus as either a naked man wearing a cape or maybe wearing a bikini or some, like, thong. Oh, uh, he completed Lamalana's Hell Temple. He got the, the bikini upgrade. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because, like, his skin is the same color as whatever he's supposed to be wearing. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think that's, like, the different, like, everyone uses the... A, a particular color as their base palette. Yeah. Uh, red, blue, and yellow. And he's, he's, he, there's only so much you can do to differentiate all of his yellows and whites. Which is also kind of the hint that the old man is him because it has the same color same palette. Same color palette. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Um, and there's, which reminds me, there's a like random thing about the Titan of Time uh, in one of the tablets. And I was expecting that to be elaborated on or something, but. Eh, that's just a random thing. Maybe that's how Algus is doing this. He he screwed over. He's finding a way to screw over yep, every. We'll find more about that in Astalon Part Three. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Regardless, um, yeah, uh, that's where I'm slamming it right under ESA. But no, really good game. Man, yeah, I had to decide for myself. So it's kind of funny. I was initially very hooked on this, and I still like it a lot. Oh, yeah. But I feel like by the end of the first run through, I had cooled a little. I was expecting it to like when I got two upgrades for Arius very early on, I kind of expected him to continue to develop. And I was like, oh, man, there's going to be so many upgrades. And then there just kind of wasn't. Yeah, and... he, he he gets fully kitted out very early and then nothing else. And that really kind of also locks you into an Arius centric thing early on you get kind of pot committed eh, i mean i didn't commit too hard to him but like yeah it probably also helped that i went downstairs and got the lunarian bow very early on as well right yeah Keely's upgrade that really uh makes her co- more combat heavy yeah. but I, th- I think it's uh yeah the way that like you have five different playable characters there's only so many unique items you can have to make them all like get their fair share so yeah so i'm really struggling on where i want to put this it's somewhere fairly high but a lot of the things that i have fairly high are unimpeachable um, pretty hard to compare and (laughs) also unimpeachable i i think my overall um view of this game was a lot more positive than you um Okay, is it better than, uh, so it's better than ESA. Is it better than Ori? Man, that's, this is getting into some really tough comparisons. Because <laughs> you, you also liked Ori a lot more than I did. It's true. Um, I, I'm going to controversially put it, do I put it 
Just over or just under? Okay, well, hear about this. Uh, How much do you want me to make you suffer? Because I get to pick our next game and I'm currently uh, hot, like, you know, deciding between two. And one of them is a suffering pick and the other is pretty playable. So I want to see what your suffering pick is. I'm going to put it above unsighted. Okay, now that makes me want to make it worse. <laughs> You've already made me play Benji too, Benjo too, eh? Because, so, yeah, no, nothing's comparing to that, but, like, I think the amount that I can stand this game, uh, we'll see. Yeah, so it's my new number three uh, is where I put Astalon. Number three, that's right under Metroid Dread. Right below Metroid Dread, yeah. So speaking of Metroid. And that's a pretty arbitrary decision, maybe I'll come back later and be like wow why did i think that that was that good oh is this the oh yeah sorry this is the only arbitrary decision that we've ever made for these lists can't believe you finally yep never never other made other arbitrary you, you spoiled decisions. the sanctity of this very scientific list we've been maintaining wow number three okay so speaking of metroid uh i wasn't sure if so like i was thinking of the original metroid right mm-hmm I kind of also want to us to play other M. It's <laughs> 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 the thing because I'm worried that the original Metroid isn't going to have enough meat on its bones for a full episode, but maybe it does. But I also don't want to play Metroid other M. So <laughs> as an olive branch, let's go with the original Metroid for the NES. And if I feel like it's not enough, personally, I think I might also play through the remake Zero Mission. All right. Um, I mean, I've never actually played Zero Mission. So I should probably do that. Should, should probably, probably buy it from the Wii U eShop before it becomes unbuyable. Yeah, so we haven't done this since the you know the first like un, uh, ill-advised episode, uh, but... I think two games this time, but technically the same game in a way. Yeah. We'll see how it changes. Yeah, compare and contrast. I think this is going to be more of a punishment for you than me. I, man, I'm going to cheat the hell out of... Uh... <laughs> because I played Metroid without a walkthrough on my under my own power and enjoyed it as an oh, adult. Okay. I should have gone for Other M then is what you're saying. I, it's not too late to change. Do you want to play Other M? <laughs> uh i mean you could no nah, i think i, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna commit to this and I, i'm really just kidding about you slighting my favorite game of all time so you know it's fine <laughs> it's fine look look how badly could this hurt you after i already hurt you really hard on metroid prime that is true uh oh man right you did oh man i forgot about all of the ways you've okay no you're right i've squandered this regardless i think we should uh cut this here before i say something i truly regret (laughs) uh if you uh you know uh if you can uh if you if you wish uh follow the podcast on twitter at inverted castle p never forget the p uh, or email any questions, comments, concerns, foibles, or just want to tell us a story at Invert, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. You know the deal. Uh, any closing thoughts? 
Uh, don't give your child to cultists. Uh, but unless they're really cool cultists and give them sick armor. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs>